This is the Thinking Christian Podcast with Paul and Cam, two friends seeking to better understand their faith, their God, and attempting to help you do the same. What's up? What's up, guys? We're back. This is episode two. I'm Paul. This is Cam. And this is the Thinking Christian Podcast. Yeah. So Cam, he's going to let us know what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. So uh, topic of the day is history. Um, History. Yeah. Or is it his story? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, we'll get into that, I guess. Um, Yeah. So uh, basically, I just want to talk about history and how us as Christians should view history and how we should think about history and how we should engage with history. Um, and really, what is history? And what yeah, do we that's do the question I got. What is history, man? So are we yeah. talking about Christian history, like uh, church fathers, how we came to be, biblical mm-hmm. history? Are we talking about like world history, like what happened in the world or yeah. what's going on in society? What are you, What are you talking about, man? So yeah, when you when you have these ideas of world history and you have uh, intellectual history, you have social history, you have church history, you have uh, American history. All of these, uh, all of these different views, they have a modifier to the word history. And so all of these imply that there's a, a thing above there that's just history. Yeah. This so is we're what, going to history prime. Yes. So we're we're talking about what is generally history, um, and how should Christians do that? How should they approach any of the maybe the subcategories that we should uh, use or utilize and, and go into? But, so what's um, your definition then? If if history is not got a modifier on the front like mm-hmm. Christian history, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like African history, like mm-hmm. Spanish history, like yeah. world history, mm-hmm. like American history, Arkansas history. That's what I took in high school, man. <laughs> Texas history. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what what's what's the definition of history prime then? Yeah. So um, basically, the biggest thing we have to understand is that, and this is coming from not just me, but professional historians. Mm-hmm. History is not the past. That's the biggest thing we have to understand in order to move forward with anything else. Man, you know, um, I was thinking that when I was asking the question, like, what is history? Because yeah. I was like, should, is it new history, old history? Like, uh, what is history? So if yeah. it's not the past, what is it, brother? Well, it's, in a sense, it's not just facts, events, and dates either. So we're not just trying to remember that uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Yeah, somebody <laughs> told me, though, that's a, that's a revisionist history, that Columbus was actually like a— uh, slave trading, like uh, womanizing, something, I don't, I don't know. But that was well, a long time ago when I yeah. said some kind of thing. It was yeah. on, uh, I watch uh, movies on my Ride Out Reviews. Here's a little yeah. plug for you guys. And uh, <laughs> I was watching uh, Harry Potter because guess who wrote or directed those movies? Uh, Christopher Columbus. Uh, he did, man. Yeah. And I was like, Christopher Columbus sailed the seven seas. And then they said something about that. I, I don't know. But yeah. it was pretty pretty gruesome and horrible. But anyway, yeah. it's just not facts, dates, yeah. and uh, whatever that third thing yeah. you said was. Facts, events, and dates. Events. So okay. um, history, really, uh, it's, it's what we think of the past. It's the remembered past. So the idea of history uh, that all historians go into, it's we can't know possibly – Everything that has happened in the past, that yeah. is only for the Lord to know. Um, what we can know is what we have evidence for and what we can see into. So in some mm-hmm. sort, um, I have about four uh, 
metaphors for what history is. Okay, uh, metaphor that, number one, guys. Well, hold on, oh, hold on. I'm sorry, my bad. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, too fast. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting ahead here, um, but in, in some sense, it's a uh, a window into into what we can view of the past and uh, the people in the past. Um, and do we want to look in through the window? Do we want to look through the window, though? Oh, yeah, we do. And there's okay. there's a lot of reasons for that that we can get into later. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but, I mean, before before we get to metaphor one, the, the main point I have to make on this uh, is that we really should be thinking about this because only about, I think, 6% of the entire world's population is alive right now. Um, oh wow! You think so? Only six percent? Yeah, because we got more people than we've ever had. Was it like six point six billion people on this yeah. earth? Yeah, but when you how think long of is the Earth? If you, are you a young Earth creationist or are you a, a, a long Earth? I don't even know what the other one is. Because yeah. young Earth creationists, I guess they get that they get that cool term, man. You know, <laughs> I'm a young Earth creationist, man. Yeah, versus but, old Earth. Is that what they call but, old Earth? Yeah, oh, okay. old Earth creationist. But um. Oh. Well, whatever. Yeah, but anyway, I, I thought that was cool. I thought yeah. I had a little thing, but maybe they got a name too. Old yeah. Earth creation. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, how long? How how well, how would you say is that part of history? How long has the Earth been around, man? You know, and then yeah. if because uh, that's just a, that's a huge claim, brother, mm-hmm. saying that we're only about six percent of the actual amount of people yeah. that have lived on this Earth. Yeah, I forget the exact number. That's it's around that, um, and I can't. Man, I wish I I had gotten this beforehand, but there's yeah, some people <clears throat> say that seventy uh, percent of all uh, percentages that people say are false. <laughs> you just made that up, didn't you? No, but people have done the actual math, and yeah, so sure. when you take the b- uh, billions of people living right now, mm-hmm. um, it was like six point six billion on this. Earth yeah, right now. seven That's billion, people, something man. like that. I think it's up to actually eight billion. Oh now. yeah, wow. Yeah, um, it may be. Anyways, uh, you have. For the previous thousands of years and thousands of yeah. generations, really, you have, uh, you know, so many people that are not alive today uh, and that are um, our neighbors in some sense, um, mm-hmm. which we'll get into later. Um, but so to talk about history, the metaphor, the first metaphor I want to ask. Metaphor number one. Yes, metaphor number one. Yeah, one, so if we was one, on YouTube one. right now, man, I would put a slide up and it'd be like, <laughs> shoo, metaphor yeah. number one. So history is a memory. Um, we can think of it like a memory in that, you know, when we think of things in the past, for example, I can remember my first, uh, my one-year-old birthday. You um, remember your first birthday? Yeah, I, I remember it, uh, very little of it. But I remember it. Oh wow! Um, is it your memories or is it implanted memories from your uh, parents? Well, it's it's my memories. I would say I mm-hmm. do believe I do remember sitting there looking at my parents and in, in the kitchen. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, awesome. and but I don't remember every event that happened. I don't remember my thoughts. Uh, I don't even know if I was thinking at that point. Um, but I still remember at least a portion of that. Yeah. Um, and so in the same way. We can't fully or perfectly remember the past, but we can remember parts of it, and we can remember um, the bi- the major events. Like I remember, you know, um, I remember the first time I tried out for baseball. Uh, mm. I remember, uh, you know, 
my first mission trip. I remember my first international mission trip. How much um, of those memories are accurate, though? That's the question, man. Is that good or bad? That's I was going to ask you, say it's like a memory, but is it is it is it good that it's like a memory or bad? Because, uh, you know, I've got a psychology background, man, and they talk about how the memory of uh, witnesses are horrible, that they don't really know a whole lot. Now, whenever you have all of the different witnesses come together, then they can find the truth in that way. But most people... When they see something or, or hear something or, or something happens to them, they don't really remember too well. Yeah, um, that's where facts come in. That's where uh, actual, you know, you can look at a photo and you can see, okay, that was actually in line with reality. Um, mm. In the same way you can look at facts, events, and dates. Yeah. Uh, you know, all kinds of different historical evidence. you got coins, you've got texts. You, I mean, yeah. it's how we know the Bible is true and how we know it can be reliable. Yeah, for sure. Um, it so is reliable. It's yeah. not can be. It is, brother. Well, yeah, how we know it is reliable. I was so. best with you. Yeah. Um, but in that sense, it's a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not the full picture. It's it, We will never have the full picture um, because I'm almost certain that you know, out of the thousands of podcasts, uh, we're probably not going to be remembered. I hope we will, but, you know, that's... Man, I, you know, yeah. don't give up early, bro. This is <laughs> the second episode, man. Yeah. Whenever we get to episode 4,000, yeah. man, maybe, like, we would have, like, 12 yeah. listeners by then. You yeah. never know, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you you, you kind of you have this idea that, you know, not many people are going to be... Uh, I mean... You know Martin Luther, but do you know his parents? I know that his parents were... No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't um, remember what they were, man. Yeah. But I know he wanted to be a lawyer. Do you, but, do you remember his uh, his kids? Did he have kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Actually, I know that one of them died at like a really young age, man. Yeah. So... We, That's why we don't remember her because she died. We well maybe we do remember her because I just remembered her. That's yeah, the only one I can yeah, remember. But you can't remember her name. You don't remember mm-hmm. her life. We well, we I do know, remember her life because she died. Well, okay. Early. But I yeah, I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Um. But Martin Luther, uh, we know about. We know about Martin Luther King Jr. We know mm-hmm. about Philip Melanchthon. Oh, that's his kid, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wrong one, huh? Yeah, wrong one. Um, uh, but we, we know about people in the past. Um, but we don't know. We don't even know about their parents or their or their kids unless they've actually said something about it in their own writings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't even fully remember the lives of uh, the most important people. We don't, re- we don't know... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so essentially memory. I just um, watched uh, what did you say, Alexander Hamilton, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know anything about him, but yeah. until I just watched the Hamilton. Yeah, and so uh, ultimately, we can sum this metaphor up in that history uh, is the collective human remembrance of particular events, uh, people, places, things um, in the past. Yeah, uh, okay. and so there's. We have that distinction of that. And so the second metaphor, metaphor number two. Metaphor number two. Yeah. Uh, See, I should put some like some reverb or echo on that. Be like, two, two, yeah. two, two, two. I was two, trying to do that manually, too. <laughs> um, so it's a mirror. Um, uh, ah, so yeah. I like where this one's going. Yeah. Yeah. So history, uh, it allows us to look and see the things that we wouldn't see. You've never seen your eyes unless it's been in a mirror or mm-hmm. through a camera, which is a version of a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you 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 see your nose technically, but you don't yeah, really I see your I nose. I can see my nose, yeah. but it's in like it looks weird. Yeah. But I got a big nose though. <laughs> You've never seen your ears. You've never seen your hair. You've never seen. Well, your I mouth. had long hair, so I did. I have seen my hair before. Well, I mean, yeah, I can too. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but like, I've never seen. Never mind. Well, yeah, you've you've never seen. Um, uh, my back. Yeah, unless it's through a mirror, yeah. and so, um, in that metaphor, in that sense, history is a thing through or a lens through which you can look at it and you can see the reflections on your own time on your own cultural context, on your own historical context, um, and you can see the things that you would not see, you just kind of take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, yeah, I have a mouth. Wait, I've never seen my mouth. Well, mm-hmm. then you look in a mirror and it's like, big, oh. big lips, though. I can see my lips. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Or, but yeah, or for example, right. your eyes. You're seeing with your eyes, but until you look in a mirror, you don't know what color they are. Yeah. You, I mean, you accept what people tell you about it, but you don't actually know until you see it with your own two eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't know your your eye color. Um, it's something as as obvious as that, or as not obvious as that is. Yeah. Um, history is that 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 moment, uh, that tool through which you can see that actually. Um, yeah, it allows so. you to see your eye color in some sense of the word. Um, and so it, you know, history is a mirror. Uh, and to sum it up, history is the past reflecting on the present. And it allows the historian to say the things he or his eyes, his nose, his mouth, uh, and any other part of his body, which he may not have seen otherwise. It allows him to view the cultural context that he's in. It allows him to view the ideas. Because we kind of take... One of the things that uh, was mentioned in one of the books I was reading um, was that uh, they were they were studying on um, you know the Puritans and one of the Puritans was actually saying we shouldn't be married uh, through the government we shouldn't consider uh, legal yeah. marriage to be actual marriage yeah. um, and, and that's something that we kind of take for granted nowadays like we don't even think about that. It's just kind I of think what it's we starting do. to be. I think it's starting to be thought about though yeah. about legal marriage versus a covenant marriage in yeah. the church. But you're right. I don't think the mass majority of us do think about yeah. that. And so, you see that for the first time, and you're like, "Whoa, this was actually an issue." Uh, dang, maybe I should think about this a little bit more yeah. and figure out where I stand on it. And so it gives you uh, through the the people, places, and things that you see, the events that happen uh, in history. Uh, you can look into it, and it gives you that that ability to see what is not normally seen, um, yeah. to view what is not normally viewed and what you don't normally think about. Um, yeah, so uh, next, third. Number metaphor. three. Yeah, there we go. Got the metaphor number three. Yeah, three, three, three. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's a conversation. Um, yeah, for so, sure. Uh, especially with historians, especially which we all are. If I might add that we all are, we are all historians in that we are all historical beings. We all think of history. Um, we all know some history, uh, and if we think about it in a memory, I mean, you know, in my history, I know that my dad was born in 1951 uh, as a baby boomer, um, 
Just them yeah. boomers. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know Elvis Presley was alive, and then he died. Due but to we still is alive, man. Overdose. Elvis <laughs> Yeah. Well, in that vein, we know Tupac. Cool. Yeah. Tupac's uh, still alive, man. Yeah. Uh, I saw um, him the other day at TGI Fridays, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and uh, we are all historians because we are all historical beings. We all at least understand a bit of history uh, if yeah. we think about it. Um, as a memory. And so uh, the conversation uh, is the conversation we're having now. It's in the present about the past. And in the best scenario and the greatest scenario that we have, uh, if you're doing history right, it's a conversation with the past as well. Um, so, so it's kind of like uh, me talking to the past, asking how I should think about the future. Is that what you're saying with the conversation or just judging up old memory? Like, what's the point of me having this conversation, I guess, is the question well, I'm asking. Yeah. So the conversation in the present about the past, it's with other people around you, with other historians. Um, and so. Uh, and when you say historians, you're just talking about other people because we're all historians. Yes, that's right. And more specifically, if you're a Christian, you're a bit more of a historian because the Bible is a historical book, among other things. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, okay. but, uh, we're having a conversation about, for example, the, the story of Martin Luther, his life. Uh, you know, we have facts, we have writings, we have events, we have, uh, you know, minutes, uh, court and, um, what's the meeting minutes? I forget the called minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Transcripts. You have, you have coins. You have you have all these facts. You have all this evidence, yet you're still having to piece it together, mm-hmm. um, and that's the that's the critical role of a historian. Uh, in the conversation with others about the past, you're working with each other to figure out the story, figure out the the um, the how these facts, how these how this evidence links together, and what's the best and most factual way that we can. Uh, create this story because um, you know the past is just I would say the past is facts events dates um, but history is the linking of those together mm. and understanding how creating the story out yeah. of it. and so um, it's a conversation in the present about the past with other historians um, and in the best scenario if you are doing history right it's a conversation in the present with the past and so uh, it's just like what I was saying if if you're Looking at it as a mirror, then uh, you're also looking at it as a conversation. Uh, Because whenever you read someone like Charles Spurgeon, read someone like Martin Luther, read someone like John Calvin, um, you know, you you see a different perspective than you would have ever uh, thought before. Yeah, Um, for sure. I know people in the past think differently than I do now. I mean, I think that was what... C.S. Lewis says something like that. He was like, read a book in the past. So, like, for every yeah. book you read in the modern times, read, like, two of them in the past yeah. or something like that. So um, if you're not having a conversation in the present then um, with the past, then there's the sense of uh, what C.S. Lewis called chronological snobbery. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, um, in other words, it's called presentism, which is just this idea of assigning present assumptions to the past Um you know, for example, a uh, little bit controversial topic, but um, uh, we— It's probably a cancel culture thing, huh? Uh, well, I would say specifically 
and uh, slavery, we would automatically assume we know it's wrong. You and I both say it's wrong. Um, back then, it was a part of life. Uh, should it when have been? back then? No. Back then, during, uh, you know, before 1860s, essentially. Before um, slave slavery, free, people were free. Yeah, before, before the Emancipation Proclamation. That's uh, it, yeah. The Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah. Um, you know, you, uh, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. That's a really bad place to lose your train of thought. At. Yeah, you talk about slaves and how yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And um, then you're like, oh man, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. That's because um, it's a, what's that called? A, uh, that's a cognitive dissonance, man. You didn't want to say slavery was okay. Yeah. It was like well, slavery is not okay. But yeah, it was it, a part of life back then, yeah. man. Whenever it, we think about, what you say, it's chronological, actually snobbery. I guess C.S. Lewis said that. Yeah. Chronological yeah. snobbery. Yeah. To put our own assumptions, ideas, mm and uh ways of living on them and so thank you that uh and and so when you look at someone who is uh who didn't own slaves but was in the south um you know slavery if you had enough slaves it was a sign of wealth um Mm -hmm. and in some sense uh you can see someone longing for uh slaves because they wanted to be wealthy and in some sense you can see that if you if you look at that with chronological snobbery, with the idea that I'm better than these folk, I know what's right and wrong, uh, then as soon as you automatically assign uh, like the idea that slavery is wrong, which it is, I'm not saying it's not wrong, but as soon as you say, well, all these people were wrong, everything uh, in this, like they just weren't good people because they all uh, were okay with slavery, then it's a form of chronological snobbery and it's a form of presentism and that um, you're not showing, uh, you're not able to actually accurately understand that historical period. Um, you know, you look, if you're not willing to read uh, um, uh, uh, Confederate soldiers' diaries and things like that, you know, you don't, you, you, can't really get a sense of what was that mindset back then. And I think it is yeah, an important... I think that's an important thing, yeah. man, is trying to get an understanding of their yeah. mindset. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, uh, what do they say? Uh, I remember the term somebody said one time, like, farewell, Rob Bell, or something like that. And then I think oh. one of the uh, uh, professors at a college or something like that said... Farewell to John, John, uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards. Oh yeah, or something like that. You know, yeah. because he owned slaves. Yeah, back then. Even yeah. though a lot of people would think that he's one of the. Actually, they would not say one of the. They would say he is the greatest American theologian. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so because he had slaves, mm. should we listen to, read, or try to, uh, you know, use his theology and our thinking? Because he lived a wrong, you know, he had a wrong life. That's mm-hmm. a sinful life, you mm-hmm. know. I don't know. That's that's that's, that's a tough conversation to have, yeah. and I think that's what you're trying to say it's, with this chronological slavery. Or it's chronological <laughs> slavery, man. I got that word stuck <laughs> in my head now. But yeah, this chronolo- yeah, this chronological snobbery thing yeah. that's going on is: should we discard the truths of the past because of their lifestyle and the mm-hmm. past is different from what yeah. ours is now? I mean, you have. You have George Whitfield and John Wesley. George Whitfield was a formed uh, revivalist preacher. Um, he's second only to Jonathan Edwards in, in a lot of reform circles as far as revivalist, uh, the Great Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the kind of two big movers of that. Uh, and then you have John Wesley. Uh, so not only were they who who was an Arminian, Wesley an Arminian. Um, so you have Wesley, and then you have uh, George Whitfield, who are great friends with each other. Mm-hmm. One falls on one issue of slavery. So one George Whitfield, I think he owned at least one slave, um, uh, but he he was okay. He had a way. Uh, he didn't fully agree with it. Uh, I forget exactly his position, but he he essentially was okay with owning slaves. John John Wesley, on the other hand, was a full blown abolitionist. Uh, like he was completely against it. Mm-hmm. But they were great friends, and so you see in that time, well, crap. How do we how do we recognize that? Because if if Wesley was a full-blown abolitionist and thought slavery was wrong. How can he still be best friends with George Whitfield? Or how mm. can he have be? Man, he friends? wouldn't be. He wouldn't be today, Dad Gummit, <laughs> man. Because yeah. you can't be with friends with somebody that has a different opinion in this world today. Oh man. yeah, no, you can't. And, and that so was a joke for those if that didn't come through. You know what I'm saying? So clearly, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's truth to it though. There, um, yeah, that. He, we we do live in a polarized society today, and I think you can see that if you if you look at history. Man, yeah, if you just open um, your eyes. Yeah, and so <laughs> uh, so the, like George Whitfield and John Wesley are a prime example of that. You know, um, I think one of the greatest things that I've ever heard uh, someone say about another person is, um, you know, uh, a person asked George Whitfield if. Uh, he would see John Wesley in heaven, and George Whitfield was like, "No, because he will be so near to the throne, and I will be so far back uh, that there is no uh, there. The space would be so great that we would never see each other." Mm, um, and that's a very humbling and very uh, amazing thing to see um, when, whenever we uh, in a, in our society today, and especially in American culture. Everything is polarized, uh, but when you see two people who disagree so vehemently um, on their issues, or they're so uh, ideologically different in in their views of Christianity and and politics, they're still great friends, and they can show each other um, friendliness and love in that. Yeah, man, that so that'd be a wonderful thing, man. To- to think about is to be able to be friends with people with different ideas. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually a good thing because if yeah. you're not, then you're going to be in, in an echoing chamber yeah. and you're just going to be hearing your own stuff, man. And I yeah. guess history is the friend that you have when you have no other friend to tell you different mm-hmm. because history can actually, I guess, because there's such a vast amount of it from people from different sides, we can read Jonathan Edwards. We can read. Well, I'm talking about as a Christian, yeah. and we can. I mean, actually, as a secular person, I believe that you can read these guys and benefit greatly from it. Oh yeah. But you can read John Wesley, uh, Whitfield. You can read Calvin. You can read all these people who have different ideas and thoughts about particular subjects. Mm. That way, I can get like a broad view or a broad angle on uh, the different subjects that could uh, be pondering in my mind as I'm thinking on these things. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great thing, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in that sense, to get uh, past this metaphor, uh, that's how we have a conversation in the present with the past. Um, we talk to, we essentially, air quotes, uh, we talk to people yeah. um, 
who are in the past who have these differing ideas. Yeah. You know, uh, read the dead folks, guys. Yes, by all means, please do. But read the uh, live folks too. Uh, well, just listen to them because you don't have to read them anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, "For every new book you read, you should read two old books." Bro, I just um, said that. That wasn't C.S. Lewis. Nah, nah. <laughs> no, it was C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, did you know he he read literally every single uh, piece of 16th century literature? Oh, was that his like? Oh wait, he's not actually a doctorate though. No, so he was but, like a, what do you call it, honorary doctorate? Uh, he didn't, he wasn't even that. He just had a bachelor's. Oh wow. Yeah, but he was a professor at Oxford. Yeah, I know uh, how you'd be a professor yeah. at Oxford and not well, have a. A doctor degree. Times were different. Uh, yeah, he he was also never given full professorship, but that was we can talk about that later. Um, anyways, yeah. So, uh, it's you. You're whenever you read a book, you enter into a conversation. Whenever you look at different sides of an issue, you enter into a conversation. And whenever you look at history, you're entering into a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's about the past or it's specifically with the past. Um. Because you can say, oh, you're wrong um, on that issue. Uh, and they'll be like, well, actually, see it from my view. Uh, yeah. And it's conversation. Finally, uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit. But history is a story. Um, this is number four. Yes, it's metaphor number four. Metaphor number um, four. And it's somewhat, uh, it's it's less of a metaphor because, you know, it's it's not just, yeah, it's a metaphor. <laughs> the suspense is killing yeah. me, man. What is it? Um, but it's a story, uh, and it's in some sense to to allude to his the fact story. that yeah, it's his story. Um, there's certain reservations that you should have with that, but ultimately, at the end of the day, history is a grand narrative of the human story that God has set forth from before the foundations of the world uh, that has a goal in mind. In other words, it's a story with a beginning and an end. He initiated it from creation, and he's going to fulfill the goal of history um, at the second coming of Christ mm-hmm. um, in Revelation. There's a purpose so, yeah. to so, all of this. So it's from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, uh, both special and general revelation. Um, so it, it has a beginning and an end, and it's a progression of What's linear end, events throughout. Um the end is the second coming of Christ. The beginning is the creation of... of uh, so what happens after the second coming of Christ? There will be no more history? Uh, we can't know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll be glorifying God in heaven. You know what yeah, I'm saying? But, well, actually, on earth, because uh, it'll yeah. be a, a kingdom of priests. Do we even know if time exists in that realm or not? I think so, but yeah. I don't know. Because we are beings that were created yeah. in time, so time will always have some kind of existence. Yeah. So... I believe, but I'm not sure because that's not something that's, yeah. uh, you know, explicitly talked about yeah. in Scripture. I mean, yeah, and and then you could say in some in in the temporal sense, our body is the limitation of time. But yeah, but we will have a body. We'll have a glorified body. Yeah. But anyway, glorified. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's that's off the point. Um, but essentially, it's uh, God's initiation of the historical process from creation to the end of time. Uh, to Revelation, uh, and all those histories and events, or all those events uh, throughout, all those stories throughout, um, it's God working in His creation um, 
to come to that end goal. That's what's revolutionary about the Christian view of history is that it's it's a linear process of events, mm-hmm. meaning there's a beginning, there's an end, yeah. and there's everything in between, and For it sure. all is uh, moving towards something. God is moving yeah. towards something. And so it's That's teolo- yeah. Teolo- teleological. Yeah, teleological is the telos, the end of history, meaning yeah. the purpose of history. Um, God does things with a purpose. Yeah. He has a plan and a goal in yeah. mind. Yeah. And that goal and plan is for his glory. Yeah. And, and you know. His we, glory. We all, yeah. And we ultimately understand that God is writing the story uh, or he has written the story, uh, so to speak. And, and that story is, is being lived out by us. And, you know, we're a part of the past. Um don't know if we're a part of history yet, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But um, you know, history, mm-hmm. uh, we can know it and we can understand it. And we can see it uh, as a memory, as a mirror, as a conversation, and finally as a story. Um, and it's the story of mankind and um, God's uh, God's creation through that, and God's uh, sovereignty over that. Um, so what should we think as Christians then about history? What should we think? How should we take it? Well, what should we do with it? We should think that um, you know history is a linear process. We should think that uh, God is in control of it, that it has a beginning and an end. Um, that's a specifically Christian view of history. Yeah. Um, and to what about the details though? What well, about all the little details yeah. that are going on between? Because I think I believe and know and uh, affirm that obviously Jesus is coming back, man. That's the yeah. goal. Of everything. That's the hope, man. That's the blessed hope that we have. Yeah. Christ will return and He will reign mm-hmm. and rule, and we will live yeah. and enjoy Him forever. Yeah. But what about all the other little, other little ancillary things that's going on in between? Yeah. Um. So, uh, the the. The different kind of schools and thoughts of history, um, they're according to David Bevington, uh, who wrote Patterns in History, a uh, Christian perspective on historical thought. It's the fourth edition that I have, um, you know, and I have other books that I'll mention throughout this. But uh, essentially, you have the psychical school, the Judeo-Christian view of history, the progress school, historicism, uh, the Marxist view of history, and the postmodern view of history, um, all of which w- that we can't necessarily get into, but uh, essentially, what is unique about the Judeo-Christian view of history is that it's a linear process and that God has created it, he started it, he's over it uh, and controlling it, and that he has an end, a goal in mind for it. So I um, guess as Christians, we should keep in mind that God is in control of all that's going on and how history will play itself out eventually. Um history won't play itself out but god will work history because when you when we say i know what you meant but i Mm -hmm. I do want to point out that when we say history will play itself out um you know we are essentially uh taking god's work out of that and we're saying that history is kind of its own process that doesn't really have any uh any purpose behind it um so i don't I, I know what you mean, um, yeah. and I'm not saying that. It's about semantics, man. Yeah, I know. we got to properly say things correctly. Yeah. Um, so the Christian should view history. Um, it's not the past. It's a small segment of the past. It's what we know. Uh, you know, it's a very 
like take the iceberg analogy we see the tip but there's so much underneath that we do not see mm-hmm. um so we should view history um as or our practice of history as seeking to understand uh specific events people in the past and doing so um through empathy through loving our neighbor as ourself um and it's it's some it's it's a virtue called historical empathy uh meaning looking back into the past and you express empathy understanding that you could very well have been this person in this day and age yep. um you could very well have made the same mistakes made the same uh plunders uh, you know and you could very well just as easily be blinded by your own cultural context um like they were in their day um you know there's there's certain things that uh we should just we should view history as um yeah, as seeking to understand uh, the facts and events and so trying to tie them together. Basically, we should learn from history. Yes, we should. History, we should uh, learn from other people's mistakes. Yes. But we shouldn't, uh, like, not critique them because we should critique them. But we shouldn't hate them or malign them for the mistakes they made. Yeah. Because we, if they didn't make those mistakes, then maybe we'd be making them now. Yeah, and we do make them now. We just don't see them yet because— I mean, any study hopefully not the, those mistakes. Well, but yeah. maybe the uh, maybe the the historical snobbery mistake yeah. we may make. Not the historical snobbery, but logical snobbery. Yeah, man, I don't shoot these words. Yeah. I don't even know about. But yeah. yeah, maybe we are making a mistake of being blind to our own culture, though. Well, but we are or our time frame. But hopefully, we're not making those mistakes. But yeah, yeah. and you know, I think actually, uh, when I think about it in history, and I'm gonna go a little bit off history, but right. I think it's the same way when we look at back at those people that are uh, doing certain things, and we try and learn from them and try and understand their position to see better uh, how they thought about things. I think that history understanding that can go in place of understanding, like you, Cam. If I just put my feet in your shoes and see how you walk and see how you live. So that way I don't take a, uh, 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 an attack on the things that you say, but I only want to listen, you know what I'm saying, to engage in the conversation that you have for me because you have something for me to learn. Now, it could be that I don't want to be like Cam, <laughs> but it also could be something like, man, he has experienced so many things yeah. that I can learn from. And history, I mean, I, I think history kind of like you, Cam, in that, in that metaphor, metaphor number five. <laughs> that, you know, that's that. Actually, I guess that's really metaphor number three because it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That is precisely what what history does. Um, I can. Well, dang! I guess we're done, guys. I'll see you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, but that's that's precisely what we should do. Um, what history should teach us? It's it should teach us how to be empathetic. It should teach us how to be humble. It should teach us how to be uh, seeking to be accurate and how to love our neighbor as ourselves. Because mm. whether you believe this or not, it's true that all those people that have died are our neighbors. They, all the people in history, um, are our neighbors, and we should treat them. We should love our neighbors. They are not. They're not people who, or or person, uh, inanimate objects in the back in the day who have everything wrong. That's a progressive view of history, uh, or the idea of progress that um, you know we are um, constantly progressing and getting better because our technology is getting better. Therefore, we are better as a as a civilization um, and as humans. Uh, 
it's very enlightenment theory. Um, but we we should not view it that way. We should view That's it called as progressive uh, history. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of the idea of progress, the progress view of history. Yeah, uh, that we're the, just better than everybody because we're living right now. Well, yeah, and and so I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if I would not disagree or agree uh that's <laughs> that means that i don't know if i say i wouldn't disagree or yeah. agree yeah. but yeah because some of the stuff that we do now we think we're so much smarter and we end up doing some stupid stuff yeah. but we also are building on the things that they built back then you know what i'm saying like now we have a, a ford truck mm-hmm. because they had the model t you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and so in that case the Ford truck is better, except for the fact that, you know, they took away the hard steel, mm. which means that those cars could never be destroyed, and we decided to use fiberglass, and so mm. now we crash really easily. Mm. But, you know, I think in that way, we are superior. Now, the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. And so I think that in that case, I mean, our thinking and our logic and our understanding of the world, I don't know if we've progressed so much on that. Well, you know? and what do you think? The, the progress view of history, which... Again, it's an alignment idea of history. Um, it essentially equates technolo- technological advance with mm-hmm. uh, moral advance, with oh, philosophical well, yeah. advance. That's a lot, that's a lot, that's yeah. a lot different. And so, because I don't think we're morally advanced, mm-hmm. even though some would say so. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mentioned this last time on our podcast. I feel like I did because I talk about the crown a lot. Mm. And uh, it was talking about how we have progressed morally mm. from uh, what we used to do in the past because, uh, you know, uh, Queen Elizabeth, her sister Margaret, wanted mm. to marry a guy that had been divorced. Mm. And they were like, we're morally better than that now. Mm. And so we should allow people who are divorced to be married to someone who isn't yeah. divorced because she was the the head of the church. Mm. And as the head of the church, she didn't. Uh, uh, she couldn't allow that because yeah. it's against the, the the Bible. So, I think I feel that man, and I think that's going on a, a lot now. Yeah. That that we feel like we're morally advanced in so many, in so many ways. Well, and and to say that humans are in a better state now is to completely disregard the uh, the fact that we are uh, in blatant. Uh, disregard for what the Bible says nowadays. I mean, that especially means we're in America, morally culture. advanced. Huh? <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. Um, and that you know, and it was originally the progress view was uh, kind of taken um, from the Christian view, and that it's a linear progress of events or a linear process mm-hmm. of events. Um, but it, it essentially says what is now is important. What is back then? It's only good in that. Uh, it only has instrument in, instrumental value in that, um, you know, it's just the the way in which we could get to where we are now, um, and so. So when they say instrumental value, does it mean that they're learning from it? Uh, instrumental value um, is yeah. So I, I got to use an example. Um, for example. Example number one. Uh, yeah. For example, you take a twenty dollar bill. Well, mm-hmm. its instrumental value is. It's a currency of $20 that you can exchange for. But it's intrinsic value. It's just a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That's it's a, that's the intrinsic value. And so when we say instrumental value, it's the um it's in the same sense as the $20 bill uh only having value in that it's the way in which we represent uh this amount of currency. Mm-hmm. Um so the So I guess the question value, is, I'm sorry that I interrupted you, but cuz I'm trying to kind of understand what you're saying is mm-hmm. that uh Cause I thought of history as instrumental value mm-hmm. that 
I look back on it because I learned to be a better person by reading and, and uh, watching or, uh, you know, engaging with those ideas mm-hmm. from the past. I, I didn't know if uh, just the fact that it is history, you know, just the fact that it did happen gives it value. Yeah. And so that's what you're saying is that as as uh, just the fact that these events took place mm-hmm is value in itself. Yeah. Not that we should look back on it to learn from it, mm. to be better people, mm. or to learn from it, to understand how to be more empathetic to the people around us, but that just by its sheer necessity of being an event, that it has value. Well, yeah, and... So how, do we, how, do we, how do we, like, put that together? How do, I, how do I make that in my brain work? How do I make that, like... Uh, because I'm, I'm just not understanding it, I guess, because uh, I know that it does have instrumental value. And that's mm. all I've always seen it is just seeing mm. it like happening. And because of those things, new things are happening. You know, we have like uh, we got the, the the church fathers, for instance, have given us these um, ideas of how to look at Scripture, understand mm. God, understand the Bible, understand faith. Mm. And because they did that, I can use that to help me as like a God maiden. Mm. Now, because I'm a Protestant, I'm going to say, I don't need you guys. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. no real value in you like uh, intrinsically, mm. but there is instrumental value because if I do stray, then I have my my brothers and sisters. Uh, well, technically, I guess uh, I got to excursus this real quick is that they have value because they're creations of God. Mm. They are in the image of God. But yeah them as an historical understanding i don't need them i have what i have but i use them because they help me to be a uh, uh, a better christian by keeping me like the bumper you know rails in a in a bowling alley well i don't, I don't go into the gutter because yeah. of my mind you know i've got a bad mind mm-hmm. i usually try and go in the gutter man mm-hmm. you know so that's what i'm trying to understand like what how does this how does this how do i should i understand well uh, yeah take history. for take my gram father for example he's passed away he had instrumental value in that uh i would not be here without him uh just through procreation yeah just Um, for yeah physical but he is still he was and still is a human being he Mm. will forever be a human being because he can't cease to be a human being um you know even after death he has not ceased to be a human being because we have a, a beginning. We don't necessarily have an end. We have an eternal death, so yeah. uh, or an eternal life um, afterwards, and so he still has the value of just being a human being, and he has intrinsic value in that. And in the same way, any person in the past, any person in history, is going to have intrinsic value in that they are just humans. They existed in a time where we did not, um, but they are still our neighbors, and and. In that way, history has intrinsic value in that it's it's worth something um, because it's it's the story of humans uh, existing, mm. and it's the story mm. of uh, you know our okay, fellow I brothers. That and kind sister. of like uh, connected with me there because yeah. at first I was like I did the excursus cam. Mm. I do believe that people have <laughs> intrinsic value yeah. because they are creation. But then there was something else you said after that really got me is that that history because which is not humans, but it's the story of humans. Mm -hmm. And so because it involves just human beings, people that are creating an image of God, partaking in the things that God has Mm -hmm. given them, 
that gives it its value. Yeah, it's because it's, it's all it's all rooted in God. It's all mm-hmm. all rooted in the root of all things. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I guess that makes more sense to me as why history itself is intrinsically valuable. Yeah. Because I guess really, man, and if I'd have thought about it, it goes back to the thing. It's his story. Mm. And because he did it, he mm. caused it, he authored mm. it, that gives it its value. Yeah. And, and That's a good way to think about it because I never thought, I always thought about it as instrumental. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going to take what they got because, uh, or, and leave what I'm, what, what I'm not. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, it does, they all, it is intrinsically valuable mm. because God is, is, is sovereign over those things mm. as well. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> We need history. We need to do history. Uh, we need to listen to those who have come before us. Um, we have. We need to uh, know what they said, know what they did, know who they are, um, because it's worth knowing our neighbors. It's worth loving our neighbors as ourselves. Mm. It's worth listening to our fellow Christians. Um, and when you put it in that view. Uh, we finally understand why history is important. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not just like it's separate from us. We, especially in our Enlightenment culture, we have an idea that we do have an instrumental value of history, yeah. <clears throat> and where um, we we don't uh, we don't see history as people uh, in the past or people who are still people. Uh, yet they're just not on this earth anymore. Mm. Um, you know, we view, uh, we tend to not view them as people because they didn't exist. They don't exist yeah, right now. Yeah, they don't exist, even though they do exist. Yeah, they they're they're not on the earth right now. So yeah. why should I listen to them? But yeah. they have very important things to say, and they have very yeah. uh, just valuable things to say. Yeah. Um, and so Christians need to do history. We need history, um, and the next book that I'm going to reference, uh, a little book for new historians, uh, Why and How to Study History by Robert Tracy McKenzie. Fantastic book, um, History, a Student's Guide uh, by Nathan A. Finn. Uh, it's the Reclaiming the Christian Intellectual Tradition series. Um, what was that last one that you mentioned earlier? Uh, and Patterns in History, a Christian Perspective on Historical Thought. By David Bebbing, uh, David yep. Bebbington. We'll put all those in the uh, show notes, so that way, if you want to check out any of these books that we've got, then uh, you can you can uh, know where they're at. Yeah, and I highly recommend them. They have been uh, highly influenced, uh, or they have highly influenced me in, in my thought on history. But um, you know, I just think they're really good books that that people should all have and people should uh, know. Um, so, anyways. The, the kind of argument for why Christians should do history, why Christians need history, um, I really can't say it any better than Mackenzie uh, said it. And so he lays out uh, about six things, um, you know, that, that uh, why Christians need history and why they should do history. Um, the first thing is that God created us, uh, created us to be historical beings. Um, God created us to exist in time. God created us mm-hmm. to exist in the process of history. Yep. Um, and that's actually a wonderful thing. He created us to exist in the process mm-hmm. of history. That we are part of the historical workings yeah. of the things around us. Man, to mm-hmm. me, I've been thinking a lot about that because something like uh, uh, imminent mm-hmm. and transcendent. 
mm-hmm. and God is imminent. You know, mm-hmm. transcendent is uh, that God is above everything, mm-hmm. that he's like in some other stratosphere, which mm-hmm. he is. But then imminent means that he's actually a part of and is doing things in the world today. Mm-hmm. And so and he is that as well. And so the way he does those things is he uses us, which is amazing. Like the yeah. the, the one of the key things is uh, the Bible. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wrote the Bible mm-hmm. through men. Yeah. who use their own intellect and their own actions, you know, to be able to pin these words, yet they were superintended by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which means that every word, every jot, little tittle that they wrote was the literal very words of God, yet they were the very words of men, you know. And that's amazing because it even goes further to say, like, I know there's a lot of miracles in the Bible that we see, mm-hmm. but the Bible was over a 4,000 uh, time uh, time period, roughly, yeah. Around that, and so for like us that. to think that that's a, 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 a astronomical amount of miracles that happen mm-hmm. in uh, that amount of time is to to be to really be wrong. <laughs> yeah, the the majority of things that that God does is through nature, through humans, through. So I thought, man, that was an awesome view of of uh, understanding history. Is that God uses us to carry about His purposes in this history, yeah. which segues into why we should witness. Yeah, um, and to add on to that, because Scripture is foundational to Christianity, history is foundational to Christianity. That's right, I mean, man. Yeah. We, we it's a historical our, book. It's yeah, more than that, it's, but it's no less than that. Yeah, it's no less than a historical book. It's more than that. It's God's Word. But it's God's revealing of Himself throughout history mm. um, in some sense, uh, in, in one it sense. It is, yeah. yeah. Our it's revelation. Whole, our whole faith, our whole Christian faith is based on a historical event, the event of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection mm, amen. and his life. That's history. That's yeah. facts, events, and, and, and I forgot the third one. Uh, facts, events, and, and dates. And dates. Yeah. But it is uh, more than that because, yeah. man, he, that, that, is, that is intrinsic value yeah. right there. And, and so— Matter of fact, it's Easter coming up. I hope that you're listening. And that is—he is risen, man. Yeah, he he is. is risen. He is. And you know, our entire faith is is based on history. We're all historians. If we read the Bible, you're reading history. I mean, I'm yeah. going through First Samuel right now, and that's Ooh, nothing. You're but reading history. the quote unquote historical books. <laughs> yeah, I I am, and you know, even, I am not. I am reading Isaiah, which yeah. is actually a, a split between historical and uh, prophetic. Yeah, and technically, I, I guess we can technically say. Prophetic is is historical, but in in the future or uh, <laughs> essentially. Bro, I thought uh, history was in the past. Wrong, right, because yeah. that was the first thing you said. Yeah. It's not just the past. Yeah, it's it's the past is a lot broader, a lot more all encompassing than mm-hmm. uh, history, history is. History is what we know of the past, what we remember uh, about the past. Mm. Um, yeah, and so it's completely foundational to Christianity, this idea of history. Mm. Um, and then if we are Christian, we are members of a community of faith that binds living and dead, present and past. That's mm. a wonderful statement by uh, McKenzie. I take no credit for that. but yep. Hebrews uh, says it's a great cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that the invisible and, church. And to, yeah, to tie it into Scripture, we, we are not just here right now. We are not the only ones that matter. Uh, everyone matters in the past who has lived and who we see uh, in history. Um, I mean, Martin Luther is a great brother of mine, 
never met him, but mm-hmm. I have in reading him and reading his mm-hmm. commentary. I've met him in some sort of mm-hmm. sense. Um, you know, books are a window into the past, into or a window into history. Um, and and so we exist in a community of faith that is both living and dead because those who have been saved, they're dead on this earth, but they're living in Christ right now. Um, and so we should take care and be diligent to love them and, and to engage with them as our fellow Christians. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of the communion of the believers. Mm. They've got something to say, man. Yeah. And then our faith informs us that humans are important uh, and that the entire human history is worthy of attention. Um, mm. Or the human story is worthy of attention, I should say. Uh, it's worthy of attention because it has intrinsic value. It has um, not only instrumental value, but it has intrinsic value. It's valuable in and of itself in that it is... Uh, 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 an event our story that, and God's yeah, story yeah it's an event that has happened in human history um, that we have seen uh, God play out in and one thing I do want to say is whenever you are a Christian historian do not seek to prove God's providence and everything uh, and what I mean by that <laughs> is saying well God did this uh, for this reason and, in and order that, that. Yeah. Uh, that's called providentialist history and that is not what Christian history should be uh, because we can't know the things of God we can't know why he did something mm-hmm. or we know the end goal we know the process we know it's linear events and we know mm-hmm. God is in control of it but we don't know the reasons God is, is doing what yeah. he is doing we know we, the ultimate reason is God's glory yeah but the detailed uh, understanding yeah. is whoa and yeah. so seeking to I think that's important to remember yeah. though because uh, I know you're talking about in a huge sense is mm-hmm. to say like well uh, the reason that uh, the tsunami came over St. Louis even though that's impossible mm-hmm. so but anyway I know you're saying it like that but I think we do it oftentimes in the small things which yeah. really aren't even small they're, yeah. they're big like yeah. whenever a person uh, uh, loses a child I had a buddy who had uh, his uh, uh, he had his wife had, had a uh, well wherever a miscarriage man and then the people would say well God had this yeah. And it's like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. God wanted to kill my baby because he needed an angel in heaven, you know? And Which I think that's... the uh, false, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, but I'm saying is yeah. that I think people are just uh, trying to do that providentialist mm. history. Yeah. And and that I think that's relevant to, mm. to us today is that we want to say things like that when we don't have no clue why, and we should just be there for people. Yeah, and and the the right view is, listen, I don't know why God did this, um, but just know that he's in control, that he is working it out for your good and for his glory. Hey, I was going to say that. Yeah, even when, uh, you know, it's a hard, hard thing that has just happened in your Man. life. Um, but cling to the Father. Cling yeah. to him. Yeah, cause I, I can say one thing for sure, that it is for his glory and it is for our good. Mm-hmm. And then I know all things that, that, that do that. If you love the Lord and are called according to his purpose— then all these things he's working for yeah. good yeah. in me and for his glory. Yeah. And and that's the only thing that I can find satisfaction yeah. in. I know uh, that is good for history, but that's also just good for the soul, brother. Yeah. And that's the thing about history is it's good for the soul. Mm. It's it's something that has uh you know, the value to 
make you more virtuous, to grow you into a better Christian. Um, it's important for uh, faithful discipleship, um, which is the sixth point in uh, what Mackenzie is saying, that historical understanding plays a vital role in faithful Christian discipleship. Mm. And so um, because it builds empathy, it, it opens up to quote-unquote new perspectives um, on things that uh, you you can't see because of our historical and our cultural context. Um, you know, we can more fully appreciate God's work in His creation. Uh, we can see His faithfulness to His people and with His people. And overall, knowing all of this, it makes us a better person. It makes us a better Christian. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and, and knowing this. And then finally, uh, this is something that I'm still wrapping my hand around, but in striving to understand the past, we are standing on holy ground. Uh, we are standing on sacred uh, sacred events in which God has, has worked his plan out in already. Because um, mm-hmm. right now, we can say he's working his plan out um, and that he's already done it. And, you know, depending on, well... He's done everything before the foundation of the world, but in, from our view, he's still working history out. But we know he's done this already. We know the event that has already happened. We know the end of it. We're standing on holy ground in that it's God's work, um, and he's allowing us to see his work and, yeah. and his I creation. can see that, man. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big uh, uh, statement, like you said, man. It's hard to—I'm still working that out, you know what I'm saying, holy ground, but— in the sense that God has working and it still is working. Mm. I could see that. But yeah, yeah man, hey, with some good words today, brother. I think we're coming up on that that hour mark. Oh yeah. And we don't wanna you know what I'm saying, we wanna uh uh be able to talk about some great things mm-hmm. uh, uh in this podcast, man. And so we're just so glad you guys are here and we wanna continue to share we're not sure what episode three is about, but we definitely want you to come back because yeah, whatever yeah. it is gonna be, it's gonna be popping. And Trying to engage your thoughts, so it's the Thinking Christian Podcast, and uh, yeah, and, uh, here soon we're gonna have an email, man. You can shoot some topics to us that we could yeah. talk about, maybe to discuss on there. So yeah, and we hope that uh, throughout this, you you just, if nothing else, you take away uh, take away this that history is important, and that it's good for you and good for the soul, <clears throat> and that it is God ultimately working in that, and there's a way to view it in a Christian way. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you want to close us out, Paul? Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys listening. Remember, history is important. Mm. Man, God is in control of all things, man. Amen. He's working out for our good and his glory. And that's the, I mean, Absolutely. his glory is super awesome. Yeah. But it's just great that he even says our good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just know that you're going to be better, more like Jesus, and God's glory is going to be shown. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you in the next one. Love y'all, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Thinking Christian Podcast. We hope it helped you think a little bit more about the faith. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next episode.